This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. Simi Godagama, our guest today, she's an acupuncturist. She's a marma therapist and she's an Ayurvedic practitioner. We got so much invaluable information today. Listen to this. Acupuncture is very useful for long-term chronic pain and that can include fatigue as well. And also osteoarthritis uh, of the knee, of the low back for migraine and tension headaches. There's a, there's a sort of plethora of different conditions. You know how acupuncture has been on for forever, for thousands of years. How does pricking little needles inside your body help you heal? So over centuries, really, acupuncture has built up sort of empirical evidence. And uh, there's a lot of body of evidence that actually shows how the mechanism of acupuncture can work from a Chinese right. perspective and an Ayurvedic perspective. It works on manipulating the chi or the pranic energy, the prana that runs through your body. And this pranic energy has almost a causeway, uh, a network, similar to the nervous system, similar to uh-huh. the circulatory system. Um, and there's right. pathways that are on the limbs, on the central core of the body, and on the head, the front and the back. And these connections, they connect with one another, a little bit like the underground tube map. You know, when you've got that map in your mind, you know you can get from A to B by using certain networks. And so the chi works through these channels, and there are these points that have been used where it's almost like an access point and the needle inserted there can help manipulate the energy that runs through these channels and therefore also manipulate the pranic energy and the chi that runs through it so that's from a very nutshell viewpoint on the chinese theory i'd say a western medical perspective research has found that when you insert a needle through the dermal layer of the skin. So that's the the top layer of your skin where you have the sensory nerves. So you have to need insert the needle to a certain depth, not very deep. Okay. Once you insert the needle to that depth, there is a flushing of blood circulation around the point of that needle and an improvement of the lymphatic, so drainage as well. So there's almost a detoxing effect that occurs when a needle is inserted. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also another theory that it is caused by micro traumas. You're creating a little injury, a micro injury to the skin, and the body's natural ah. mechanism is to respond by sending blood and circulation into that area, which then helps to heal. So you're actually sending all the healing agents to that part of the body that has been inserted with a needle. Wow. Also, there is an, a dynamic to do with uh, pain receptors. And research has mm-hmm. found that there's the chemicals that are passed through the nerves that this chemical changes. There is an actual change in the neurotransmitters that the body then perceives as pain. And these are dampened. It's almost like a dampening of these barriers. So pain cannot be transmitted. And instead, okay. the analgesic hormones such as uh, endorphins 
and uh, opioids, which are relaxing hormones, they are released around areas where needles are inserted. So when you have acupuncture, what we're really doing is inducing a state of relaxation. When your mind and body is relaxed, it does what it naturally is very good at doing, which is to heal. It's interesting what you that you were talking about acupuncture in traditional Chinese medicine mm-hmm. and in Ayurveda, because I always thought that acupuncture originated in China. A lot of the Ayurvedic practitioners I met actually said it originated as marma therapy in India and then went with Buddhism from India to China. Is that right? Well, there's a slight debate on this matter. It's an interesting one. Uh, I think that it's good to know the history. Ultimately, it's a case of, you know, who started something first. We're not in competition, (laughs) you know. Um, Mm. But what I can say is that there has been documented evidence of uh, needle insertion within the textbooks, the original textbooks of Ayurveda, which are actually older than the the Chinese philosophy of medicine. And so therefore, Uh, one can only argue that actually, if this method of treatment has been evidenced in, and it predates the Chinese theories, how did that come across? So you have to look at history, and you have to look at how healing methods were transported from one continent to another. And then we get into the subject of yes, with Buddhism, uh, and the Silk Route, particularly from India and China, mm-hmm. China, there was a lot of movement of trade, of spices, of knowledge and wisdom that then the Chinese were very, very sophisticated in how they developed acupuncture based on the meridians and based on organ meridians. Right. But what is okay. missing is the actual chakra system. And that's where marmapuncture comes in. So explain a little more of what you're saying, the difference between the traditional Chinese medicine acupuncture and marma therapy. Okay, so marm, I I would probably say marma puncture because we use the, we still use the needles. In acupuncture, traditional TCM acupuncture, it is based on the organ meridian. So the pathways that are related to certain organs, yin and yang paired organ systems. And these are still can be quite deep, but aren't as deep as the what we call the marma points which are connected to the nadi system and these are connected to the chakras so the chinese don't mention the chakras they have developed highly developed a slightly more surface level of energy networks that you can use using acupuncture so they have the set number of points that are known but there are also some points which are actually lost. And these lost points of puncturing is what the marma points are. And they're really relating to the chakras, which are the original energy centers of the body from which actually you get the meridians branching from there. Do you ever do both together or do you kind of stick to one system when you start? Absolutely. For myself, as I'm an acupuncturist, TCM style, as well as a marmapuncturist, Ayurveda style, uh, when I see a patient, I will look at those organ interactions. I'll look at the meridians. Mm-hmm. I'll look at the deficiencies that are presented to me. But then I might look at the Ayurvedic diagnosis and that will give me an idea of the chakras that are at play. So for example, if we're having somebody come in with head and neck issues, okay, musculoskeletal, then obviously I will actually use 
points that help to enhance the chakras of that part of your body, which would be the throat right. chakra, the brow chakra, and the crown. It makes sense to include those energy centers. In Chinese medicine, right. they don't mention the crown chakra. You know, when I've been for acupuncture, sometimes needles have hurt a lot. Sometimes it doesn't. And so much so that, you know, once I took my 17, 18-year-old daughter for acupuncture for something, and she got so wound up about the needles, even before she got the needles, she was so tense that I think it just kind of all fell apart oh. a little bit. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes, and that's quite common. I come across a lot of needle phobia, and I'm not surprised, actually, because the, the needles that we're exposed to are quite large and the diameter is quite thick mm -hmm. and it's hollow and you know that that whole process of having a vaccine or having blood taken can be quite traumatic but and hence when we think of acupuncture and we think of needles mm -hmm. it elicits that kind of fear again and you think you're going to get prodded yeah. by these big fat needles but actually they are so thin and they are very flexible almost like strands of hair some points yes can be a bit tender and others you mm -hmm. will not even notice that have been inserted. That is fascinating. One of the reasons is some parts of our body, especially if there's been chronic injury or um, there's been fibrotic tissue where the needle is inserted due to post-operative scars and things like that. And if you're putting a needle into tight tissue, you're going to feel it a little bit more. Right. And there's other zones of the body that are really fleshy and more fluid filled. So the needle will just kind of just blend in without it without a problem acupuncture insertion is a very quick procedure and most of the time uh, with a skilled and professionally qualified practitioner you won't even realize the needles are in and oftentimes patients will say right I'm ready for the needles now and I will say oh they're already in there are some points in acupuncture that I always start with which are anti-anxiety points right. to insert those ones first this is Anshu Bahanda. You can find our podcast, Wellness Curated, on Apple, Spotify, and a host of other channels. Tell me something. Is it normally sort of quick, short-term relief, or do you use the needles for more chronic illnesses and ailments as well? For chronic illnesses, definitely. And actually, if you look at the NHS um, NICE guidelines, it actually states mm -hmm. uh, that acupuncture is very useful for long-term chronic pain, and that can include fatigue as well, and also osteoarthritis uh, of the knee, of the low back, for migraine and tension headaches. There's a, there's a sort of plethora of different conditions, but most acupuncturists will say it's not limited to what is just stated on the NHS, um, by the NHS okay. and the national guidelines. So, and you've seen it health, mental health conditions? Absolutely, yeah. So a lot of patients that come in with uh, depression or diagnosed uh, depression and anxiety, panic attacks, this can be hormonal related as well. So I see right. uh, various different stages of a person's life and especially for women's health, which is what I focus a lot on, looking at the menopausal uh, dynamic mm -hmm. as well as the pubescent. So looking at children, young girls who are starting their periods, and there's a lot of anxieties that are starting to be expressed as they're becoming these young women and learning to manage mm. their emotions. And acupuncture um, helps from the emotional perspective because 
in Chinese theory, every organ and, you know, I mentioned that we're doing the organ meridian. So these energy lines that we're manipulating are related to a specific organ. And every organ is a governor of a particular emotion, the heart meridian. So the heart is about joy. When you see a person, you can gauge either the presence of joy or the lack of joy. And usually in Chinese medicine, we look at the Shen, and the Shen is called the spirit of the heart. You learn as practitioners to recognize in fellow human beings. And it's amazing because you look at the whites of the eyes and you look at somebody's eyes. And in Chinese medicine, we say the eyes are the windows to the soul. And you can see yes. through the eyes and the Shen how bright their chi is, how bright their prana is, how present they okay. are. And that's why, you know, when we have an English language as well, we say, oh, your eyes are glowing, you're twinkling, you've got a twinkle yeah. in your eye. Yeah. Why do we say that? Because we've got something to be really joyful about and it twinkles mm. through our eyes. This is then uh, governed by the heart meridian. So when we have a lack of joy, for example, mm -hmm. heartbreak, you know, it, it is something that is visible from the face, from the eyes, right. from how animated or unanimated we are, from the tone of your voice. You can see because the heart meridian has a sound. What does a patient's voice sound like? Is the voice really monotonous and very robotic and very dull and static? Or is it really quite sounding like a song? What is the organ that's talking to me? So it's not the person, it's actually what is the organ and what is the energy of that organ saying to me? And you can find the dysfunction there or the stagnation there. Wow. And before you know, and you ask a series of questions, they may have come in because they've got this migraine and you ask a series of questions and you get to the root, which is, you know, they had a really difficult divorce or they've lost a partner or, you know, they've had grief. And so they, you see the lack of joy. And there are master yeah. points in acupuncture that help to process that emotion. And I've had uh, a breakthrough um, quite recently with a patient who was experiencing severe grief. She was feeling blocked. And she said to me, Simi, I just can't cry. I mean, I, I know this person is gone now. But for some reason, I feel so blocked. And I asked her, do you have a lump in your throat? You feel like it's difficult to swallow. So this is the chakra of the throat. This is about expression. It's about saying how we feel. So she's got the grief, but it's contained and it's, it's stuck. And so I combined acupuncture or marmapuncture from the Ayurveda perspective when working on her throat. Um, and then I used the master point lung seven, which is according to TCM, the grief point. So the master right. point helps to bring out grief. And after about 15 minutes, um, she was gently starting to sob. And the sob oh just God. grew into... Oh my God. To the point it started to go from a gentle sob to almost like a wailing sound. Very powerful With release. And then powerful. you have to you have to hold that emotion for the patient and then you have to uh, encourage their body to process it. There are points in acupuncture that help you to sort out good things from bad things. Things that are wanted okay. as opposed to things that are no longer needed. 
And this is related to a particular organ, which is your small mm -hmm. intestine. So this is very much related to physiology. For example, the small intestine, what does it do? It is the last almost port of call, apart from the large intestine, which reabsorbs water. The small intestine really needs to know what is useful in the contents of my bowel that I need to take nutrients from. What then descends to the large intestine to be evacuated. So it needs Absolutely. to know the small intestine's efficiency lies in being able to process the necessary from the unnecessary. This relates to not just physiological function, but those who come in because they have an anxiety over making decisions, they keep making wrong judgments, or they're making these mis repetitive mistakes, all sorts of anxieties coming from creating boundaries, so you hear that in a consultation. It's learning to read between the lines as a practitioner, really. You know, you were talking earlier about chronic pain relief, acupuncture. I mean, it's one of the few alternative therapies which is accepted. Homeopathy used to be there, but it was taken away somewhere along the way. What do you think of that? I was actually an acupuncturist working for the NHS a number of years ago. And I think perhaps because of the way that acupuncture helps to manage pain, and pain management is a huge burden at the moment for the NHS mm -hmm. in terms of repeat prescriptions and, you know, Absolutely. the effects that it has long term on a person, on their liver and kidney. And so acupuncture helps as a natural alternative in reducing pain. And pain is one of the biggest, you know, conditions that we are experiencing uh, globally, you know, pain, chronic pain. And it's the tip of the yes. iceberg. So if we can eliminate what's at the tip of the iceberg, perhaps we can start working on what's underneath. Mm -hmm. Now tell me, in terms of clinical studies, have there been a lot of studies which talk about the efficacy of acupuncture? Yes, there are a lot. If you go onto the um, British Acupuncture Council website, you'll find plenty of mm -hmm. research. And you can also access the NHS um, website and there's also lots of references there. And there's a lot of randomized uh, studies that are being conducted, which have proved that acupuncture is effective for chronic low back pain, for osteoarthritis of the knee. At the moment, we've got it for migraine and tension headaches. Also dental pain, it can be useful for dental pain mm -hmm. and also post-operative pain as well. So a lot of patients, I have one lady who had to have a, a double mastectomy after having the mastectomy, she is now having horrendous pain around the scarring um, of her intercostals around the rib cage where her breasts had been Sorry. removed. Extreme pain, which then elicits a hot flush as well. And so she comes in for every week for a treatment and we're getting some progress on her pain. Do you find, Simi, that you can get the same sort of benefits through pressing the point? It's effective. I used it for my little mm -hmm. girls when they were sort of baby acupressure is a wonderful thing to do. And I love teaching it to the new mums that I treat. Okay. Non-invasive and very good for those who have a uh, phobia for needles. But I would say mm -hmm. ultimately moving towards the insertion, there are certain methods where you can rotate the needle and it doesn't cause any right. discomfort or pain to the patient. We're eliciting a connection between the needle and the meridian channel as well. 
And sometimes you can feel that connection coming on and a patient will actually say, oh, I feel it feels like a little bit of a dull sensation here. What is that? And I said, that's the chi connecting with the needle. Oh, wow. We like to give people some tools that they can take away from this. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Tapping therapy is actually pretty much acupuncture but you're using a tap movement. Okay. Crown point I talked about earlier, and it connects between the front channel and the back channel. So it essentially goes through your whole core from the front and back. And this is the opening. This is the crown chakra. And you want to just tap it in the morning, wake up in bed and just tap your head (laughs) for a few minutes. And you might want to engage in some deep breathing and it brings a lot of alertness to your mind, Mm -hmm. to your senses. And you want to, especially in the morning when you're feeling sluggish and groggy, you want to wake up and people often reach out for their coffee. Instead of a coffee, have a powerful tapping session and you'll find you're not going to be reaching for that stimulant. So a lot of chronic issues come from a lot of overstimulation, actually. Um, A lot of exhaustion comes from our body, you know, our energy levels peaking and then crashing down because of caffeine or other stimulants that we're using. So this is something I often give for my coffee addicts. On the open side, so on the inner side of your wrist, not the outer side, on the inner side of your wrist, you've got two lines. You've got this first line and then they've got a faint one underneath. If you put two fingers down from that line, there is a point in between the two tendons and that's where you you apply a little bit of pressure or a circular movement on either side. And this, this, imagine, this is actually, this is your emotional reset button. You can reset your emotions. For anyone interested in trying acupuncture, how do you Mm -hmm. suggest, where do you suggest they start? If you go to within the UK, there are a few organizations that have registered acupuncturists. So it's always a good place to start with a regulatory body that will have a practitioner that is listed as licensed and qualified. There are some practitioners such as osteopaths, chiropractors who and physiotherapists who also offer acupuncture as mm-hmm. a part of the adjunct to their treatment. I would just double check whether they have had a full training of a three-year degree in acupuncture because there is a difference between that and trigger point therapy which is often used in a lot of manual therapy uh, modalities. And in that situation, you will only be getting acupuncture for muscles and it's more superficial, very effective, Mm -hmm. but not at looking at the chronic causes of problems. So for that, you would go for a licensed acupuncturist who has done a full three-year degree. Such a wonderful chat. Thank you, Simi. I'm sure lots of people are going to rush out and try acupuncture. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life. Mm